This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Welcome to those of you in the room, welcome to those watching online today. We're beginning a brand new series called The Thrill of Hope. Because I believe that our culture, our world is struggling to find hope. And maybe you find yourself in a place where hope seems to be fading. Our society is in chaos. The election turmoil seems to continue. COVID-19 seems to be going on and on. There are discussions now about capitalism versus socialism. There are the conversations about should kids be at home learning or should they be actively attending school, gathering with others. There are the conversations about mask and no mask. And we seem to be very polarized. And it goes on and on and on. And there's a lot of chaos in our culture. And no matter where you get your news, no matter what channel you watch, if you watch CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or Newsmax, no matter what channel you watch or where you get the news, you hear people's perspectives. And in those perspectives, they all begin with, I think, and then people share what they think. And we've seemed to come to a place where our lives and our emotions ride on the roller coaster of what people think. Human opinion is trying to make sense of culture in chaos. And how do we make sense of it all? But what has happened to our world? How how different things are this December compared to last December. And in the midst of all of that, you may have your own chaos that you're trying to navigate and figure out. And so not just the external pressure of what's happening in the world, it's the internal pressure of what you're dealing with, maybe in relationships, maybe with family, maybe with finances and the economy and what's going to happen and are we going to shut down again and what does it all look like? And there's this internal chaos, external chaos, because often life, the train of life runs on two tracks. And I've noticed that often in life, while good things are happening, there's some bad things happening also. And there can be seasons where it feels like more bad things are happening than good. And that side is moving at a faster rate, which causes life to seem to spin in circles. And the chaos becomes even more intense. And often our personal chaos, we feel much more than the external chaos. The week of Thanksgiving, that Monday, I believe, one of our daughters went to the uh, emergency room extension on East 50. And as a result... They took her by ambulance to the main hospital. I don't know what you call it, main hospital. And she was having to navigate some health concerns. And it was not COVID, but there were some concerns there. So she was in the hospital Monday through Wednesday. She got out Wednesday evening, the day before Thanksgiving. And we were able to see her that night for a little bit. The next day, she didn't come gather with the family for Thanksgiving. She kind of stayed away because she wasn't feeling well and she was trying to recover. So we saw her that evening. And when I saw her that evening... I've not seen her like that. You could hear her breathing across the room and she was having some physical issues. By the way, I do have permission from her to share this. (laughs) I don't just say, hey, I'm going to talk about this. No, I have permission to share this. But so she went back to the ER extension and they ended up taking her by ambulance again to the main hospital. And what was happening because of what she was dealing with with her health, her oxygen levels had dropped so low they were below 90 there was a concern they had to put her on oxygen for 24 hours. And that night, the, the first thing we heard was pneumonia, problems with kidneys, problems with liver, maybe COVID, um, and the other issues that she was dealing with that I won't go into. And that night, 
when her oxygen levels dropped and thinking about how I saw her, I've not been that afraid in a long time. And your mind, are you ever in scenarios with people you love or circumstances you walk through where your mind goes to worst case scenarios? We just start to process and think through that. That night was a tough night and I don't know how you handle stress. I didn't really sleep. And so I was out in our family room, kitchen area, and I'm, I'm a pacer when I'm stressed. Like, I, I don't know how to be still, and so I'm walking, and I'm talking to Jesus, and I'm praying. And, and I, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes my thoughts are louder than my prayers. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, who, who do we know? Who do we know? Who do I know that I can call? I've been in this city a long time. We have a lot of medical people in the church. Who, who do I know that I can call that can help? Who do I know? Who do I know? Who can we call? And it was almost like in this moment, I remember where I was. I wasn't being still because I was pacing. And I remember where I was when it was almost like God said to me, who do you know? And I am extremely grateful. For those who work in healthcare on the front lines battling not just COVID, but everything else you deal with on a day-by-day basis, you have uh, my undying gratitude. We are grateful to you. At the same time, I understand, like you understand, there is one God. And in that moment, it was almost like this reminder from God. In the middle of all the chaos, isn't it interesting that, I don't know about you, maybe, maybe you're different, but for me, I tend to go to who I know that can help me and figure this thing out and how I can fix it when I have the ability to communicate instantly to enter the throne room of a God who's invited us to call him Father and have a conversation with him when he ultimately is the one that can handle it all. But in the chaos, we drift and the stress builds And then you add to that chaos, Christmas. (laughs) And the shopping's a little lighter because more people are online, but Walmart is still Walmart, and the return line is still hell, and you have to navigate that perhaps, and it just adds to everything we're feeling in this season. And hope seems to be fading. Hope is fading in our country. Hope is fading in some things that we've held true throughout our history. Hope is fading perhaps in your life. There are moments hope can tend to fade in my life. It's something we wrestle with, but hope is oxygen to the soul. The Bible says that without hope, hope deferred makes the heart grow weary. It it literally means it makes us sick on the inside when you keep hoping and hoping and hoping and, and, and what you're hoping for is not happening and not happening and not happening. It begins to change who we are inside. And how we process life and how we view God. So how do we, how do we get it back? The, the thrill of hope. This morning I want you to notice Luke chapter 19. One of my favorite accounts in all of scripture. It's the story of Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19 verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, before we go any further, there's something you need to understand about Jericho. Jericho, nearly every reference to Jericho in Scripture is bad. Like Jericho is not the vacation spot. Jericho is not where you plan ahead, you save up your money, and you have the conversation with the family. Hey, we want to go to Jericho. In fact, if you're in Jericho, it's because you got stuck there and can't get out. It was known as a cursed city, and Jesus chooses to go there. Now that reminds me that we live in a cursed world that's running low on hope and Jesus chose to come here. Jesus is not afraid to go to the difficult places. He's not afraid to walk into the broken lives. He is not afraid of being in an atmosphere that feels hopeless and stuck. He has no problem going into that. Verse 2, a man 
there, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, what's important to understand about this, a chief tax collector, that means he's not only a tax collector, but he's over all the tax collectors. Now, Zacchaeus was Jewish, but he's connected with the Roman Empire, and he's collecting taxes from Jewish people, giving them to the Roman Empire, who is their oppressor. There's nobody more hated in that culture than Zacchaeus. In fact, to the religious elites of that day, there were sinners, and beneath sinners, the only thing worse than a sinner was a tax collector. And Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector, but notice, and was wealthy. Verse 3, he wanted to see who Jesus was, even though he had everything he had, and he was among the wealthiest. It didn't produce hope. Because hope is not something you can buy. Meaning and purpose in life are not found on balance sheets from bank accounts. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short. Now think about this. You know what I've noticed? It didn't take me 50 years to figure this out. You know what I've noticed? Did you see the verse? He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short. I've noticed everybody's got a but. Everybody's got a butt. Think about it. We read in one moment, Zacchaeus is wealthy, one of the wealthiest, but he's short. Everybody's got a butt. Everybody in life. There may be some things you're proud of, but there's some things you're insecure about. That's humanity. Everybody in life, even the people you look at and think, man, they've got it all together. If I could live like that, have that. If if I could be married to that person, live in that house, drive that car, have that job, experience those kind of vacations. When you look at their Instagram account, man, if if I could do that kind of fun stuff, you don't see the stuff they don't post. But you look at everything they do post and you think, if I could have that, even those people have areas where they are insecure. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus, notice, since Jesus was coming that way. Have you ever looked in the scripture at the times that when Jesus happened to be going somewhere, somebody there had an encounter with God that was very special and unique? For for example, the woman with the issue of blood in the New Testament would have bled to death if she'd been one block over. Blind Bartimaeus, if he'd been standing in a different alley, would have died a blind man. Because he wouldn't have encountered Jesus. The the ten lepers, if they had been in a different city, they would not have been healed by Jesus. Something happens when you get in the path of where Jesus is going. And Zacchaeus is thinking, I I just want to be where he's going. So he runs ahead of the crowd. Now, that's huge. Don't miss that in Scripture. Because in the culture in that day, you didn't run. A a grown man would not run in front of people. That, that was humiliating. It's something you didn't do, especially if you had wealth. It looked like you were unhinged or you had some kind of problem. You, you were thought of as less if you would run. But he came to the place where human opinions did not matter. All of his wealth had not provided the hope. Everything inside him was thinking, I've just got to get to where I can see Jesus. I've got to be where he's going. But because he was short, I want to talk to the people for a moment that keep coming up short. Those of you that keep coming up short in your marriage. Those of you that keep coming up short in your finances. Those of you that keep coming up short in your friendships. Those of you that feel like day after day after day, there's some things you've got, but it feels like in your life, you just can't keep, you you just keep coming up short. 
And what I want you to know this morning is that God's got a tree. And so there's a place that you can go where you will be able to see everything you need to see. There's a place you can go where you will be elevated in a way you have not before so you can see what you've not seen before so you can experience the hope that you've never found before. Your mantra can become, I'm short, but I'm climbing. I'm broke, but I'm climbing. I've been down, but I'm climbing. I'm depressed, but I'm climbing. And now what's interesting to me about this passage, you know this and I know this, what do we know about trees? Trees take time to grow. You know what that means? That means that before Zacchaeus' mom ever met his dad, God planted a tree that he knew would be needed one day for Zacchaeus to be able to be elevated to see God in a very special and unique way. He started growing a tree because he knew in life Zacchaeus was going to come up short. Now, here's what's fascinating to me. Why does Dr. Luke... Luke is the only one that tells us of the account of Zacchaeus. Matthew doesn't mention it. Mark doesn't bother. John doesn't think it's necessary. But the Holy Spirit of God inspires Luke to record this. And he tells us in this passage, it's not just any tree that God planted there because he knew Zacchaeus would need it. He plants a sycamore fig tree, which could also be known as and was often known that specific, unique kind of tree. You know what they called it? A restoration tree. So not only did God know Zacchaeus would need a tree, But he would need to be restored. He needed a specific kind of tree. And then notice in verse 6. When Jesus reached the spot. What spot? You think about the spots in your life. Aren't there some spots that are important? The spot you were standing the first time you saw your future spouse. The spot you were when you heard the news your team won. Do you remember the spot when you were much, much younger? The, The spot that you got lucky? Do you remember that? I'm talking about a puppy that you got that you named Lucky. I don't know what you're thinking about. But if you're online and you thought something different, you should probably be in the room next week. But but you remember the spot? There's spots that that we have these memories. Now, Now notice what this verse says. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Now, not only does sycamore fig tree mean restoration, and not only is it known as restoration, you know what Zacchaeus means? untainted and unblemished so Zacchaeus runs ahead because there's a craving in his life to see Jesus because all the wealth that he's accumulated has not produced any level of hope he's a chief tax collector so he's been chasing greed at a unique pace far above everybody else and he's been joining up with people that are oppressing his people because he just can't get enough he's a chief tax collector so he's one of the wealthiest and all of that wealth doesn't provide hope so he runs ahead not caring what people think and goes to this tree that's known as a restoration tree and climbs up it and in that spot jesus when he looks up calls zacchaeus the way god sees us when we experience his grace and his forgiveness untainted and unblemished It doesn't matter what everybody else called Zacchaeus. Jesus calls him his name, untainted and unblemished. Zacchaeus has positioned himself in the path of Jesus, and he refused to let anything distract him. So the question, the question is obvious. Have you positioned yourself? In your life, as you roll through your Sunday or your Tuesday or your Friday, do you position yourself in the place where you know Jesus is going? I think it's one of the most important reasons 
And one of the reasons Scripture talks over and over again about the gathering of believers, Hebrews tells us, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. There's something about being with other Christ followers. And I thank God for technology. And some of you, because of significant health concerns, you're not able to meet. But if if online church is a matter of convenience over conviction, and you could gather, but you don't, you're missing out on something. You're, You're not at the spot. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. Don't let God look up and you not be there. Your life is a story being written by a co-author that knows the beginning and the end and all that he wants to do in the middle. And he knows the strategic moments in life that he has planted trees of restoration, things like the local church, that, that he knows you and I need to be in a position in our lives to run to so that he can do something special and call us something that other people don't call us. And we need to learn to listen more to the voice of God and who he says we are than people that don't really know us say we are, or even the horrible things we say about ourselves to ourselves. Have there been moments in your life that God wanted to do something and you missed it because he looked up and you weren't there? Hey, you can't go back in time. That's the amazing thing about our God and his love. He understands you can't go back in time and neither can I. But but there can be a moment today where we say, okay, God, I, I want to be like this. I, I want to begin to chase hope. See, Jesus was the best hope dealer, not dope dealer, hope dealer. Jesus was the best hope dealer. He has a unique way of bringing us to the place that we will call the spot where there's a tree of restoration, where we can be elevated, see him more clearly, understand his grace, forgiveness, and power more clearly, live in his presence, with his presence more daily, and in that moment be called by who he says we are. You are a child of the king. You are a child of the living God. If you're a Christ follower, there is nobody that has ever walked planet earth that God loves more than he loves you. That's just reality. And notice what happened. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. We talk a lot about grace and forgiveness. And I'm grateful because I desperately need both. Like I'm the president of the fan club of grace and forgiveness. I, I desperately need it. But I wonder, I wonder if part of our hopelessness comes from the reality that often we embrace a shallow grace and forgiveness that actually brings no real lasting change in our lives. This man who was hated by people, this man who was helping to oppress God's people is so radically changed by the presence of Jesus that that he says, hey, I, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. This tells me if you encounter Jesus, if you go to the spot of restoration and you're elevated to see Jesus more clearly and he calls you by name, this tells me you cannot encounter Jesus and think the same, live the same, process the same. It's impossible. You you can't say, I've met God and still be your own God in your life. Now, you're not going to be perfect, neither am I, none of us are. But as you look at your life, From the moment, if you're a Christ follower, where you would say, I committed my life to Christ on this date. This is the day I committed my life to Christ. If you look weeks, months, years, maybe decades down the road, do you look more like Jesus today than you did then in how you think, in how you treat people, in how you view your priorities, 
It's not about perfection. It's about position. Have you positioned yourself to continually over and over again be where Jesus is going like the local church? Have you positioned yourself to be where Jesus is going like first thing in the morning before you read the news? Before you look at what's happening in the world, before you jump into whatever you're interested in, do you spend a few moments with God reading his word and praying? Are you positioning yourself to be where Jesus is going because Jesus goes to people? You position yourself to be where Jesus is going when you forgive because he loves forgiving people. You position yourself to be where Jesus is going when you're kind because the Bible says it's the kindness of God that draws us to him. And there's something unique about kindness. You position yourself where Jesus is going when you worship, when you dive into worship. Because God loves the praises of his people. You position yourself where Jesus is going. Hey, hey, this, this one is challenging. In fact, it's one of the most challenging. And I get it. You position yourself where Jesus is going, where you say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm a Christ follower. I'm going to bring the tithe, the first 10% to the local church so your church can help you help people and make you famous in the community. Jesus, I'm going to put you first financially. You're my provider. You're my protector. I'm going to trust you. You position yourself to be where Jesus is going when you put him first financially. So have you positioned yourself? Zacchaeus stood up, a man who'd been greedy. Do you know anybody that's greedy? It, do, you, it, raise your, do you know anybody that's greedy? Anybody, you know anybody that's greedy? You ever met anybody? Somebody in your family? Don't, don't look at her or him, sir. Just look straight ahead. You know anybody that's greedy? Now, this one, you don't have to raise your hand. Are you ever greedy? Have you ever struggled with greed? I think we all do in certain areas. Let me ask you a question. Has greed made the world a better place? Zacchaeus is chief tax collector. He's wealthy. Now, if God calls you wealthy, son, you're wealthy. Like this is God saying he's wealthy. I mean, think about that. He's been chasing greed and yet he was lacking hope. Scripture says he was glad when Jesus came to his house. I wonder if that's the very first time in his life he was ever glad because it's the first time in his life he ever encountered Jesus who brings a hope deeper than anything we could ever buy. Zacchaeus didn't have a money issue, he had a heart issue. And the only thing that breaks the back of greed is generosity. And Jesus said to him in verse 9, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a not oppressor of my people, not wicked, not a thief. This man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that is still... The mission of Jesus, that is still the mission of church. That is still the mission of C3. If you and I are followers of Christ, we need to be about what Jesus was about, and that is loving God and loving others. If you and I are following Jesus, we need to follow the teachings of Jesus. And if Jesus was all about seeking and saving the lost, then we need to be all about that. We need to be all about caring for people. Now, we live in a time right now where we're allowing fear to grip us and control us. We're tending to forget because of all the information coming at us on a day-by-day basis. We're tending to forget that our God is bigger than anything we're going to face in this life. We've also forgotten our history. 
that around the turn of the century, when the plague was wiping out humanity and families were putting people in their family who were sick with the plague out on the street, it was the church that would go by and pick them up and care for them and love them. We're tending to forget because we're allowing fear to drive us that our God is a great big God and our God can be trusted and we need to look more to what he has to say than to what people have to say. We still live in a nation that is free and that freedom is not ours because we can't up with it in America and decided, why don't we let people be free? It was not because America invented that idea. It's because we chose to acknowledge what God already knows, that we find freedom in Christ. We are a free people and we are free to love God and love others. And we need to lean into our faith and not be afraid of our own shadow. If God will protect you in Walmart, he will protect you in church. If God will protect you when you go in the drive-thru, he will protect you when you walk across the street and you have a conversation with that neighbor who's been hurting and been devastated and lost their job and tell them, man, I just want you to know I love you. We will not attract people to a God whose followers are cowards and shrieking in fear, hiding in homes, afraid to engage in our culture. Now, if you've got a serious health condition, listen, listen, you protect yourself. But I see a whole lot of people driven by fear, unless it's something they want to do. I see a whole lot of people driven by fear, unless it's something they feel like they need to do. Now listen to me, listen to me. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at you. I'm trying to help you. Because it could be you're you're missing the spot. And you're missing what God would want to do in your life. And when we're driven by fear, we tend to make life all about me. And we tend to shut down and we tend to isolate. And that is not who we are as a church. We want to be wise, but we want to be people of faith. The scripture says God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power and self-control. The God who lives in you is bigger than anything you will face. face. Don't get stupid. Don't do something stupid like cheer for the giants. Don't do that. Just, Just step into the reality. Be wise. Sorry, Bill. Be wise. But man, love God. Love others. Love people. We are the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. You are a follower of Jesus, a child of the King. You walk with your head held high being wise and know that your God is with you in every single moment you face. And nothing is more dangerous or more powerful than the power of God and what he can do to what you think and I think is dangerous. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. So how do I do this? How do I, how do I position myself to experience hope? You, you position yourself to be in the path of where God is going. God loves people. So when you're inviting people to church, you're putting yourself in the path of where Jesus is going. When you, when you ask God to help you with your attitude, you put yourself in the path of where Jesus is going. Some of us need an attitude adjustment, and Jesus wants to help us do that. When you position yourself in gratitude, and you think about what you're grateful for rather than you don't have, what you don't have, you position yourself where Jesus is going. When you involve yourself in forgiving people, you position yourself where Jesus is going. When you're tithing, putting God first financially, you position yourself where God is going. So this week, what are those areas that that you need to also be a hope dealer? You need to follow the example of Jesus. Pay for somebody's food. And invite them to Christmas at C3. This year, because of the schedule and the structure and being in the theaters, we're not having a Christmas Eve Eve service this year. Our Christmas services are going to be December 20th. That's two weeks from today. So you could you could pay for someone's food and invite them to C3 for Christmas. You could pay for someone's gas and invite them to C3 for Christmas. You, you could pay for someone's groceries and invite them to C3 for Christmas. You can make a generous financial investment in Better Together. 
as we're helping all of these families. You're hearing about some different families, but we're helping so many families. We're paying off $150,000 in medical debt for 100 families here in Florida because of your generosity. You will position yourself. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're going to do this with or without you. We're doing it. I just want you to experience the blessing of positioning yourself where God is going so you can experience the kind of hope that so radically changed a man. He said, man, I think differently now. I'm going to live my life on a higher level. The thrill of hope. What if you stop waiting for something to change and you run to where God is? Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you so much for your love. I pray for every single person in this room. God, I pray that you would help us to be the church, to love people, to be concerned about people, to pray with people, to engage people where they are. Father, give us wisdom so that we know how to function in these days and represent you well. Father, I pray every person in this room would know that they are deeply loved by you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you've never committed your life to Christ. Maybe, maybe today, maybe today, this is your spot. This is the spot where God's looking to you saying, hey man, I, I want to be your God, I want to be your Lord. And you have a moment right now to invite him to come into your life, forgive your sin, and be your God, your Lord, your protector, your Savior. If you'd like to do that, I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You can pray it out loud or you can pray it in the quietness of your heart. You just say, dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life, forgive my sin, and help me to live for you. As best I know how, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer in the room or online, I'd love to know that. I want to invite you to shoot me a text. Just text your first name to 407-487-8311. The reason I ask you to do that is I'd love to be able to pray for you by name uh, throughout the week and ask God to continue to work in your life. I'd love to be able to send you a free gift. And so please shoot me the text, your first name to 407-487-8311. And church, this week, man, it's Christmas. Let's be an inviting machine. Invite people to join you next Sunday. You can register for next Sunday, c3church.cc4. You're also going to be able to register today for December 20th, our three Christmas experiences at, at the same link, c3church.cc4. Gather. Child care is going to be available. c 3 kids, eight weeks through five years old, uh, is open now. We're, we're reopening C3 kids in a phased approach. So register, be here. And this week, hey, let's be hope dealers. God bless you. I love you. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at giveC3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.